thank you, Father, that your presence is actually your presentness. Your presence is not something from you, it's your presentness. You are. And God, we thank you for that truth this morning that God Almighty is here. I wonder if you'd say that God is here. Lay your hand on your heart. Say, God is here. Lay your hand on your mind. God is here. God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your presentness. We thank you that if we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil. Why? Because you are here. Your presence, your presentness is here. Lord, if we have the pleasure of sitting beside still waters, you are there. As the psalmist says in Psalm 139, if I go to the far side of the oceans, you are there, your presence, your presentness. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I go to the heights, you are there. Wherever I go, there you are. That is God's presence. It is His presentness. And we thank you for your presentness today. Father, I'm crying out in this place for an incredible revelation by the Holy Spirit of what you want us to see today. God, anoint our eyes to see. There's hungry people. I want you to lay your hands on your eyes. and I want you to ask God to open your eyes to see what he wants you to see today. Open your eyes to see. Lord, I want to see. I want to see as you see. Can you imagine the flow-on effect in your life, my life, and on the world through our lives if we saw ourselves as Father sees us? If we truly saw as Father sees. It's a wonderful Father. I... I ask that you do people so much good today. Lord, I just release the refreshing of God right now. If you need that, just just lift up your hands to God. Father, fill them right now. Holy Spirit of the living God, let your glory fill this place. Holy Spirit, fill this place. I release the Prince of Peace right now into your heart, into your mind. For some of you, I release them into your home right now into your home right now in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I pray for a settled contentment where there is rampant confusion. Lord, I pray, God, for your spirit just to be lovely in this place. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. We give you worship. We praise you for who you are. Lord, we give thanks for what you do, but we praise you for who you are. We praise you that you are mighty God. You are the everlasting Father. 
You are the Prince of Peace. You're the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. You're the fairest of 10,000, Lord. Lord, you're the one seated upon the throne. You're the one that is majestic in your holiness. And we stand in awe and we just say, we love you, Father. We love you. We love you. We honor you. We worship and we adore you. And Lord, we just give you praise. And so, Father, have your way in this place. And everyone that is just loved on by Father said, Amen. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You may be seated. Thanks, guys. You're awesome. Do you want to stay for a bit? That'd be nice. Praise the name of Jesus. Good morning, my friends. And good morning to the rest of you. (laughs) Try that again. Good morning, my friends. Come on. Give me some love. Give me some love. Actually, you can come and sit down. That's great. Thank you. God bless you. I keep on changing my mind. It's all good. Aren't you glad that God doesn't change his mind? Yeah? Yeah. Amen. Amen. How many leaders were there last night? Good. I want to hear you. Wonderful. Praise God. It is such a joy and privilege to be back with you. Uh, I feel a sense of holy commission. Everyone say, look out, look out, look out. Uh, But I do, and I I suppose I always do, but uh, I'm very aware of it. I'm very aware of it, and uh, I I have a very clear commission from Father this morning. And he downloaded the things that I'm going to download to you. But then he gave me two words that he said, really, I want this over the whole weekend. And this morning, just when I was up in Greg's office, and uh, I just want to acknowledge Greg and Danny and just say thank you for going on the journey with me. And uh, even though I'm not a Liverpool supporter, and (laughs) even though my physical body is far superior than yours, Greg, I just, (laughs) I just, I just, uh, Were you laughing with me or at me? I'm not sure. And, uh, but I just really appreciate the friendship and the fact that we iron sharpens iron. And, and we, you know, a lot of people have their connection is based on something just temporal, something just natural, something just fleeting. But I praise God that our connection is not based on that. And uh, I love you guys. You're awesome. And and I was up in his office, which there's still some anointing left in there, so I tapped into it, and, uh, and God just brought these two words back, which were almost like the theme, like, wasn't the main point, but then he started to speak to me about that a little bit. And so I want to download just a few minutes on that, which is, and then I want to get into the download. Is that cool? Are you good? Um, for those that go, um, who is he? Uh, who who let him up there? Uh, I'm not someone that's just come and hijack the, the the microphone. They didn't just hand them out, you know, at the door. Oh, you all have one today. Um, my name's Stephen. I just uh, a man who's loved on by God and have the privilege of walking with this house. And so I have no idea how many times I've been here. A few now and. And uh, be back in August, and my wife's going to be with me, which is going to be wonderful, which is going to be fantastic. If you thought I was good, you wait till you meet her. And uh, <clears throat> if you didn't think I was good, well, God bless you. Um, 
here's the two words that God gave me. Oh, my gosh. Affirmation and acceleration. Affirmation and acceleration. He's told me today to bring affirmation, and you're going to hear why in a moment, and, and you'll see how it ties in. But then as I was just in Father's, in, I, said, I was going to say Father's office, it was Greg's office, but Father was there, so it's Father's office. You'll accept that, won't you? Father's house. He started to just, he just started to speak to me again about the order, the order of things. He's a God of order, not of disorder. Your God is a God of order, not of disorder. Your God is a God of order, everything done decently in order, 1 Corinthians 14. He's not a God of chaos. I mean, have a look at the blueprints, the instructions in the Old Testament for how to do things. Talk about particular and specific. Sometimes we say it doesn't matter. It matters. It matters. It matters. And we come to the New Testament, it might not be about building a physical temple, but he talks about us being the temple of the Holy Spirit, and he has orders and he has ways of doing things, and it matters. And when we get ourselves into trouble, it's many times it's not because we're doing something against what God says, but we're not doing the order right. And he spoke to me about this whole thing about affirmation and acceleration. He says so many times what we're trying to do is we want to accelerate. We want to accelerate. We want to do something more for God. We want to, we want to come on. We want to grow spiritually. We, 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 come on, we want to do this. Why? So that, that we can have the smile of God. We can have the affirmation of God. And I felt him say, wherever we do that, it will never, ever work with us because we'll never, ever feel like we've got to the place where it is enough to get his affirmation. And he came and he said to me, the order has got to be right. It's affirmation first, which empowers the acceleration. Jesus had done nothing as far as ministry. And in Matthew 3, he follows God's first instruction that we read, which is just to be baptized. And as he came out of the waters, the Father spoke from heaven. The Spirit alighted on him. I just read that during the worship. The Spirit alighted. And I was just drawn to that word alighted, that he didn't come heavy on him. The Spirit doesn't come heavy in an oppressive way. He comes light. Oh, He comes and brings lightness. He comes and brings peace. He comes and brings contentment. Oh, and the smile. And when the Spirit of light on the Father spoke and He affirmed Him, He said, this is my Son. I love Him and I am well pleased. The affirmation came and then He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And we need to understand before the acceleration of the ministry, after the affirmation is often a test. Do you really believe what Father said about you? Do you believe that He accepts you fully now? And He comes and Jesus overcame the devil. And then it says the angels came and ministered to him. And then it says that Jesus went out in the power of the Spirit. We want, how many people want him to go out in the power of the Spirit? The power of going out in the power of the Spirit is when we overcome the enemy. See, we want the result, but we don't want the process. And the process is that we receive the affirmation of the Father. And then when the enemy comes against us, we resist him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you do that, that is actually actually gaining spiritual authority. People say that Jesus gained spiritual authority on the cross. No, he exercised it on the cross. He gained it in the wilderness, resisting the 
enemy and he went out in the power of the spirit of the living God. And then the ministry started and it accelerated. Why? Because he had already been affirmed. He didn't do ministry to get affirmed. I remember when in August 19, no, August 2006, coming up 12 years ago, at that time, I was the associate pastor at a church, and I went and sat down in my parents' room, with the lounge room with my wife and my mum and dad, and uh, I was going there for one thing, and uh, God just interrupted my world, and he came, and dad's, before I spoke, to share what was on my heart about uh, just a temporary uh, thing to do some stuff with him before I went full-time. I had been full-time, but the church was struggling, so we had to cut me down from five days to three days. So I thought maybe I could do some stuff with Dad while the church gets a bit better financially, and then I'll go back full-time. So that was my whole focus, associate pastor. And in that moment, my father uh, said, before you speak, can I share something that father's been saying to me? I said, of course. And he started to open his mouth, and he said, you're my natural son, but you're my spiritual son. You're called to be a prophet to the nations, and I'm throwing out my mantle right now, and it's time for you to pick it up and come follow me and to be a prophet to the nations. And then he started to quote word for word what I had preached five days before at a church from Hebrews 11 when God says stuff and it doesn't make sense. What will your response be? And I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that God was saying, I want you to leave it and step out. I had no thought about stepping out and accepting the call to be a prophet, but it was so clear. And, this, and God brought this back to me this morning and he said this your dad affirmed you he affirmed who you were he affirmed the calling and when you accepted the affirmation that he saw what he saw in you from that moment the call the office started to accelerate he took me to Peter after he denied Jesus three times after he denied Jesus three times and and uh, he, he had just he had denied him he had failed him. He had missed the mark terribly. And Jesus comes and he speaks to him. And he says, do you love me? And he says, I do. He goes, then I've got something for you to do. What's that? Affirmation. I, I accept you now, Peter. But I have mucked up so much. I have denied you. And Jesus says, yeah, but I see your heart and I, and I know that you love me and you just verbalized it. So I'm affirming you now. I've got something for you to do. And from that moment on, come on, something started to accelerate. We read only a matter of days later, come on, there's 3,000 people getting saved when this man stood up and spoke. That's acceleration. Come on, people. And I want you to hear the word of the Lord in your life. Stop focusing on accelerating for the purpose of affirmation, it's time and all the songs we sang were about the smile of God, friend of God, family of God. I'm accepted, no longer a slave to fear. What is affirmation, 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 affirmation? God, what do you speak over me? Come on, we need a fresh revelation of what God speaks over us now. That will accelerate you. Your greatest need is to not know your call, but your creator. Some of us are seeking a call. We need to seek the creator. We need to know the one who gives gifts. The greatest gift is not a gift from him, it's him. Come on, we, we, we miss God so many times because of what we're seeking from him. We do. 
We, we find God when we seek God. And, and I just want to encourage you to keep on seeking God. And you'll be found by him. I, 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 you can read it in Jeremiah 29, 13 and 14. But I said it to the leaders last night. I'm just reminded of it. It says, if you seek me, you'll find me. If you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you. And I will bring you back from your captivity. And again, there's a flow. We want to be free from our captivity. We want to be free from our fear. So we seek to be free from our fear so that we can know God. And he says, no, you seek me, you'll find me. And then you'll be free. See, there's a flow. We need to seek the one who is freedom, the one who is peace. The one who is joy. Many times we're seeking that which comes from God. And God says, can we just shift that today and seek me? So I want to encourage you that affirmation comes before acceleration. Do you receive that? Praise God. I want to download what I feel Father has given me a real, a real weighty holy commission on. And, and uh, so... Can I just pray again? Because I really want you to get the spirit to spirit. And if you really want to get the spirit to spirit, I wonder if you just verbalize that out of your mouth in this moment. That God, I just pray that you'll just help me to download this so that we see it afresh. We see it afresh, God. Spirit of God, move in this place right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise be to the one who was and is and is to come. Thank you, almighty God. I thank you that you're an eternal God. You are from everlasting to everlasting all at the same time. In the past, in the present, in the future, always, now. What a wonderful, delightful thing. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Aren't you glad that God doesn't operate on our operating system? Aren't you glad? I'm sure glad that he doesn't operate on our operating system. I'm glad that he doesn't say, okay, that's how they function. Let me try and fit into their, no, 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 no. He calls us up. He calls us to, to hear and to see from his perspective. And I'm glad that this God, I've probably said it here before, but I just want to remind you of it now because it comes into play with, with what Father wants to say, that he is in the past, he is in the present, and he is in the future now always. He was before the creation of the world. He was at the time of the patriarchs. He was at the time of Jesus walking on this, on this earth. He was at the time of a thousand years ago. He is here today. He's in the future. He's at the second coming of Christ. And he's in a million, billion, trillion, whatever years after this world has passed away. He is in all of those places always now. You go, that's impossible. Welcome to your God. But I can't, it can't be true because I don't understand it. Really? Don't put degrees of difficulty on God. One thing is not harder than another, and he created time. And I love what it says in that psalm. Psalm 92, I think it is. Verse 2. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. It didn't say from everlasting, you were, to everlasting, you will be. No, it just says from everlasting to everlasting, you just are. I've probably said it here before, but I just said it again. When I'm 70, God is there now. Yeah. <laughs> it's lovely. He's not a small God. Come on. He's awesome. And so this is the God that we're just with today, hanging out. 
And God said affirmation and acceleration. And today, God said to me very clearly, I want you to bring greater context to what Greg is leaning into and affirm his passion and pursuit of truth. There's a mixture of responses, and that's why Father's telling me to bring it. Because the affirmation precedes the acceleration. By the Spirit of the living God, some of you in this room want acceleration in a certain area. And it will come as you affirm what Father is doing rather than you just seek the acceleration on what you want. I want to bring greater context to what Greg is leaning into and affirm because Father does, his passion and his pursuit of truth. I'm not sure I've met anyone that pursues Father and truth like this man here. But when he's in your midst, it's easy to take it for granted. It's easy to kick against it. And I'm going to speak into that a little bit. I'm not coming here to rebuke. I'm not. I'm coming here to affirm. Because acceleration, I prophesied last night, that as we lean in and affirm and receive this, as a, as, a, as a group, as a family of believers, I prophesied unprecedented, unprecedented growth in the next three months. That was an underwhelming response, church. <laughs> I said to them last night, we need to come into agreement out of our mouth with what Father is saying and doing. Because that's where the creative power is. It's not in what you think, it's in what you speak. And sometimes we've got so many things going on in here that we need to interrupt it with what we say. And if God is speaking, we need to say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And I'm here to affirm the passion and pursuit on your life, Greg, and I want to talk about this. And so what I want to talk about today is seeing what Father is saying. And those that follow me on my daily devotional, you've got, already got some of this, so you can lean in and really go with me on a journey. But seeing what Father is saying, seeing, everyone say seeing, seeing. what Father is saying. Say it again, seeing. What Father is saying. Now, on the surface, that is not correct, is it? Because you don't see what someone says. You hear what someone says. And so I need you to lean in and see what the Father is saying to you today. And I believe this is going to make sense. Many times our challenge is not that we don't know what God has said. The words made up of syllables and consonants and vowels, the, the, the words. We don't. Our problem is not that we don't know what God has said in his word. The amount of people that can quote what God has said, but they don't see what God says as Father sees it. We self-interpret. We self-interpret. And there is a, there is a, a blight, an epidemic in the world today of Christians that are seeing what God has said as they interpret it. Not as Father declares it. In His Word, we can know a scripture. And this is evidenced by the fact that many times we, we've read a scripture a hundred times, a thousand times. You've heard a sermon on it uh, uh, so many times, and you go, I know, I know, I know. And then one day you're sitting there, you're meditating, and you're reading, it, and all of a sudden you go, oh, I have never seen that before. I've heard it, but I haven't seen it. We, man, we need to see what Father is saying. 
I know what he said about peace. I know what he said about joy. I know what he said about my purpose. I know what he said about my family. Come on. I know what he said. But God, I need to see what you say as you see it. We know prophetically how many times have people had a prophetic word. Oh, great, I got it. And we're off and running. And those that know them well, and those that maybe uh, ones that are walking with them in spiritual leadership go, that's not what God was saying. <laughs> but I got the words. He said, you're going to be, and look, this is what it looks like. No, we need to see what God is saying as Father sees it. Because the many times that this is what happens. Oh, and when God whispers something to your spirit, He says something, oh, great. And we're off and running. We need to stop and pause when God speaks. We need to stop and pause and go, God, am I seeing this as you see it? Because if I'm not, I'll end up at a different destination than you intended it. And if you spoke it, you spoke it with a destination in mind. You're already there because when God speaks, He's there now. He says, let me tell you what it looks like. But if we don't go for the looking, if we don't say, God, I need to see it, then we are off and running and end up in a different place. We've heard the words. We need to see. Everyone say, see. What Father is saying. Hmm. Hmm. There is far too much self-interpretation in the body of Christ. Far too much self-interpretation. God said, therefore, stop. God, what does that look like? What does that look like? In order to know God as He is, in order to know ourselves as we are, we need to not only hear what God says, but we need to see what God says as Father sees it. I can quote scripture after scripture to you about things that I've needed in my life. Peace from anxiety, fear, and worry. Am I got any friends in the house? I can tell you what, I can preach it, man. But do you know when the shift starts to come? Not when I know what God says, but when I see it as he sees it, as he sees it, as he sees it. Am I making sense? We're going to go to the word of God, Ephesians chapter 1. Praise God. Ephesians 1. God is so amazingly good. I, I honestly believe I was standing there and worshipping. I speak many things, many places, and if it's what Father's speaking, it's what Father wants in a certain place. But there's been a couple times in my life where Father has birthed something in me for me and for the body of Christ. That's what he does for a prophet. That I would say are the most important the most important things, the most life-changing, life-giving things. One was many years ago on this whole knowing God better, which I'm still on. But this present thing here, seeing what Father says, as Father sees it, I know that I know this is not a passing thing. I know in 10 years I'm going to be leaning into this more. I believe in your life, this has the power to shift you more than anything else right now. I honestly believe that. Because even this, seeking God, oh, okay, we need to seek God. Okay, so that means I need to do, stop. Yeah, right. Father, what does it look like? Yeah. 
Come on. I, 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 need a, I, need a, I need to do what God wants me to do. I need to do the will of God, so I'm going to find it, and I'm going to run with it. Okay, stop. It's the will of God. So we might as well ask, Father, what does it look like to you? What does it look like to you? Can, does a, is a language helpful? Okay, you've heard something. You've heard a prophetic word. You've heard the Spirit whisper. You, you know the Scripture. Okay, that hasn't been my reality. Come on, can I be honest? It hasn't been my reality and this is the challenge. When something doesn't happen, how we perceived it to happen, when we know we've heard from God, I need you to hear this. What we do is we question, did I hear correctly? Many of you in your lives, you question prophetic words because it doesn't look like how you thought. And I want to come and declare to you by the Spirit of God as bold as I can right now into your spirit. If you know that you heard from God, don't question, did you hear from God? Ask God if you're seeing what he said as he sees it. Don't question that which he spoke. Ask him if you're seeing it correctly. Ephesians 1. I love this. I keep asking, oh, sorry, verse 17. I keep asking. I keep, there's some things you need to keep asking. You need to keep asking God about. Some things, you know, you might pray once and something happens. How many people celebrate those times? How many people live long enough to know that sometimes you need to keep asking? And when it says it in the Bible, because it doesn't say it very often, it might say, I pray for this, or, but there's not many times where it says, I keep on. So I want to pay attention. But this is what Paul said to the church in Ephesus. I keep Asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, interesting language, eh? The God of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father is Jesus, God. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My God. Anyway, uh, I just read that this morning in your office and I thought, well, I need to think about that. Okay, I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, the glorious Father. What's his name? What's his name? The glorious Father. Father. He's not a harsh, horrible, he's a glorious father. I keep asking this father, this good father, this good, good father, that's who you are. I keep asking that you may give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you might know him better. Is that what it says? And I've read that many, many times. And it's only over recent times I felt the spirit of God just stop me and say, why does it say the spirit of wisdom and revelation? Why doesn't it say, I keep on asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious father, that he will give you the spirit so that you might know him better. It doesn't say the spirit that you might know him better. It says the spirit of wisdom and of revelation. And this is what Father said to me. The spirit of wisdom is what God says. The wisdom of God is what God says. You read the book of wisdom, the the Proverbs, you read it. This is what God says. But he says, you can hear what I say and still not know me better. You need the spirit of wisdom, what God says, and revelation, what God shows you about what God says so that you can know him better. You can hear that God is wonderful and powerful. He is high and lifted up and majestic and holy. You can hear that. You can hear that and go, "Uh uh-huh. Or you can see it. Come on. Like Isaiah in Isaiah 6, when I saw the Lord high and lifted up, I fell down. I said, woe is me. I am a man of unclean lips. What happened is that which he knew, he saw and something shifted. Woo! There you go. God, 
spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you might know him better. To know God, see God as he is, we literally need to see. Not just hear. Come on, you've read the scriptures. You know what the Bible says about God. And for many of us, it's like, okay. Or maybe in a really good moment, it's like, that's awesome. Fast forward two days and who is God? Where is God? Come on, let's be honest. Your problem is not that you haven't heard. You know, Jeremiah's problem was not that he didn't hear. God said to him, I'm calling you to be a prophet. He, oh, wonderful. That's what you think. I've heard from God. He goes, I can't. I'm just a child. I can't. I don't know. His problem was that he didn't see what God said as Father saw it. He saw it through his natural lens. I didn't see it. Come on. Moses. Oh, burning bush encounter. Woo! God spoke. I've seen the plight of my people. I want to deliver them. I pick you. Throw your staff down, threw it down, became a snake. Pick it up, it became a staff. Come on, you got an encounter, you've got God speaking, you've got signs and wonders. You think if anyone's going to get it, it's going to be him. But he goes, can you send someone else? I can't speak. What was his problem? Was it that he didn't hear? He heard clearly. He didn't see what God said as Father saw it. He saw it how he saw it. Come on. God, Jesus said to the, uh, to the disciples after they've just gone out and they've just seen transformation and seen signs, wonders and miracles. He said, now there's 5,000 people. You give them something to eat. Could, did they have a problem hearing what God said? No, they heard what God said, but they didn't see what God said as Father saw it. They said, we can't do it because we only have five loaves, two fish. The thing that will block us from knowing God better many times is not, not knowing what God says about himself. It's not seeing it as he sees it. But you know what? Equally it's true about our life. Keep on reading verse 18. After he says, the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you might know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Oh, notice the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. The Bible does not use words just here and there willingly. It, there's, there's intentionality. The eyes, it didn't say, I pray that your ears are open. It says, I pray the eyes of your heart. Come on, I need you to hear me. I pray that the eyes of your heart. I've just said you need the spirit of wisdom, what God says, and revelation, what he shows you about it. Oh, Come on, remember the scripture that you've read a hundred times and one day, I've never seen that. That's what I need you to see about me, but I need you to see it about your side. I need the eyes of your heart open and light and wide so that you might know the hope of your calling because I know that you've heard about the hope of your calling, but that hasn't changed anything. We need to see what God has said about the hope of our calling. We need to see what God has said about the glorious riches of His inheritance in His holy people. I know that you've said of an heir of God and a co-heir with Christ, and I go, uh-huh. I know that you said I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. Oh, not me. Come on. We know what God says in His Word. I pray that your eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know His incomparably great power for us who believe. Come on, we know that. Ephesians 3.20, Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that we can ask or imagine according to His power that's at work within us. We know it, we know it, we know it. We live in fear and intimidation. 
speaking about myself. Can we be honest in church? Is my problem, is your problem that you don't know what God says, that his power is available? We know what God says, but we're not seeing what God said as Father sees. My prayer at the moment is not, God, Lord, help me to hear. It's God, I, I know I'm hearing. Can, can I say something again? You know my heart, you've you journeyed with me for a long time. Me hearing from God, it's like a no-brainer, okay? It's like, I know I'm going to hear from you. I hear from you all the time. For other people, for myself, in the word. I hear from God all the time. It's a no-brainer. But I realize so many times I'm still living stuck. I'm still living uh, well below. I'm still living, fighting against that fear, that anxiety. Come, I'm just being honest with you. I'm hearing God clearly. But I realize he's inviting me to a deeper level. I'm glad you've heard me, Steve. Now would you like to see what it looks like? Otherwise, you're self-interpret. And I want you to let it be spirit interpreted. Let the spirit reveal what it actually looks like. Are you with me? Revelation chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Revelation. Revelation. Oh, praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm a happy man. Or as you would say, I'm a hippie man. Revelation 1, 1 to 2. Is anyone receiving something from Father? This shifts everything. It really does. It really does. Come on. Train up a child in the way they should go. When they're old, they will not depart from it. My children, I'll train them up. Okay, God, I know what you said. God, would you help me to see what you said as you see it? Would you help me to see them as you see it? Lord, I just need to see because I know I've heard what you said, but I'm struggling. Come on. Revelation 1, 1 to 2, 1 to 2. And I want to come back full circle in this as I read this <clears throat> to what I started on about affirming Greg's passion and pursuit because I need you to hear this. Revelation 1, verse 1 and 2, the revelation from Jesus Christ, just right there. Where does revelation come from? The revelation from Jesus Christ. Revelation from Jesus Christ. It's the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit. It's not from us. Revelation never comes from us. Studying does not produce revelation. Knowledge, human knowledge, does not produce revelation. It can lead us towards, it can, it can make us hungry, but revelation only comes by the Spirit of God. It comes from Jesus Christ. It comes from the Father. Can I hear an amen to that? The revelation from Jesus Christ, which God, Father, gave him, Jesus, to show his servants what must soon take place. Let me show you, says the Father, what will soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel. Just stop. That word angel is not necessarily an angelic being. It means messenger. If you read it in chapter 2 and 3 to the, to the angel of the churches, it's the messenger, it's the leader, it's the, it's the, it's the pastor. Okay, are you with me? So we've got the, the Father bringing revelation to Jesus who made it known by sending a messenger to his servant John who testifies to everything he heard. To everything he, to everything he, come on, speaks, saw. 
to everything he saw. That is the word of God. No, 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 no. You heard the word. No, no. I, I, this revelation starts, starts to come, and I'm going to start to testify to what I see in the word of God and this testimony of Jesus Christ. I've heard some stuff, but let me tell you what I see. Let me tell you what I see. Uh, you go on and you read the rest of Revelation in your own time, but I love it when, when he's caught up in the Spirit. He's caught up in the Spirit. He's, come on. And I said to Greg the other day, there's a, God was speaking to me last week, there's a difference between the Spirit being in us and us being in the Spirit. If you are the, if you're born again, the Spirit of God lives in you. But John here, if you read it later on in Revelation 1, I was in the Spirit. Now the Spirit had been in him for a long time. Come on. Galatians 5.25, those that live by the Spirit, the Spirit's in you. Let's make sure we keep in step with the Spirit. There's us in the Spirit. I'm in the Spirit, not just in the flesh. I'm in the Spirit, not just in the mind. I'm in the Spirit. And we go, and he had a, he was in the Spirit, and he says, and I heard a voice, and then I turned around, and I saw the voice that was speaking. You mean you heard the voice? No, I saw the voice that was. You look through the Bible how much it starts to speak about seeing. And here it says uh, that uh, the revelation came and I testified to everything I saw in the Word of God. And I believe Greg is seeing the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. And the Spirit of the living God sent me here today to declare boldly and loudly to the rock, to Wellington, to this nation, that this is a man appointed by God who has actually stepped beyond just hearing words in a book to seeing what Father is saying by the Spirit of the living God. And I want to affirm it. Come on. Some of you are saying that's a bit too far. You're, you're honouring a man too much. Yeah, and the same people that are saying that, you stand up and cheer when your football team wins a goal. Give honor to whom honor is due. Because honor is not about elevating a person. It's about recognizing what God is doing, and it actually releases you to step into your destiny. I honor my father so much. I honor my pastor, Russell Evans, so much. And do you know what? When I honor them, I come under the overflow because the Bible says in Psalm 133 that it flows from the head down. You might say, I don't like this sort of language. Well, get used to it because it's biblical. If you don't like it, don't go to heaven. There is an order and a flow. Get the same people that don't like it in the church. We want it in the business world. We want it in the sporting world. We want it everywhere else. It starts in the house of God. And I honor those that are pressing in, because I tell you right now, we have to, to labour to enter into the rest. There is something that is pushing through to actually get into this. I know what I'm talking about. Travelling is not all easy. I have to push through that many times. I'm not getting your sympathy, but I'm saying I know there's a cost. And Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you want to be my disciple, there is a denying of yourself. Come on. We've got to move past this belief that, no, it should just be all easy. If God wants to do it, He can just do it. Don't be lazy. We don't, again, we don't do that in any other area. I want a body like Greg's. Give it to me, God. If you want to give it to me, you can give it to me, God. Hallelujah. 
bit more. Don't be okay with something in the natural and discount it in the spiritual. I believe Greg has seen the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ, and at times it is confronting because it messes with our self-interpretation of what we've heard. But that's not how I see it. I'm here to affirm. I'm here to accelerate what God is doing in this house. And there's some people that need to get on board. Uh, but, but it's a bit too radical for me. Jesus went to the cross and died a, a, a criminal's death, naked and bleeding, for you to have a relationship with the Father. That's a bit too radical, Jesus. Tone it down. Come on, seriously. Seriously. Look at what the disciples went through, how what Paul went through. Come on, just settle down. Take it a bit easy. It doesn't have to be that fanatical. Again, I haven't seen you, but in my mind I see you at a sporting game. Come on. Stop yelling at me, Steve. Now is the time for the church to see what God has said as Father sees it, as Father sees it. I can tell you right now, there's a lot of people, a lot of places that are content with doing church. Content with just, I'm saved and got a pretty good life. Content with doing programs. You've got leaders that aren't. And that's exactly right. Seriously. I thank God. I feel emotional right now because some of us are missing it. And do you know why? Because we're not seen as Father's seen. Don't, don't say that about me, Steve, but I'm just saying that we need to see what Father is saying, and he is showing something here. Let me tell you something about Jesus. Jesus' success was not that he did what the Father told him to do. Let me take you to the word in John 5. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. John 5. Jesus gave them the sense of John 5, 19. John 5, 19. Jesus gave them the sense of very truly, I tell you, Jesus talking here, the son, that's himself, can do nothing by himself. Isn't that good news, guys? Come on. If Jesus couldn't do anything, now he could do stuff. Oh, Spirit of God speaking. You can do stuff, but you can't do anything eternally worthwhile by yourself. You can do stuff. You can do stuff, including casting out demons, raising the dead in the name of God. You can do that. No, you can't, Steve. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. You can. You you can have an incredible gift of prophecy and be living in a moral life. It's happened many times. We can't do anything. Everyone say, I can do nothing. Eternally worthwhile. By myself. Jesus said, it's, I love it the way he, not, he goes, let me just tell you how it is, people. I can't do it. Here's the Son of God. I can't do it by myself. And then now, please look at this. He can only do what he sees. <laughs> you mean what he heard? He heard what Father told him to do and he did it. No, I only do what I see my Father doing. I know I hear, I need to see 
what Father is saying. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and tells him. No, no, shows him all he does. Yes, and he will what? Tell him? No, show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. Jesus' success was not because he heard what the Father told him to do, but but he saw what the Father was doing. Let me quote you something, and then I'm going to go to it. Don't put this up, please, yet. Don't put the next one up, please, yet. In Habakkuk 2, um, verse 2, this is a scripture that many Christians and many pastors and leaders in churches um, quote often, Habakkuk 2, and let me tell you, don't put it up, um, verse 2 and 3, this is what it says, and then we'll put it up in a moment. It says this, and you, tell me if you've heard this before. Uh, then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that those who hear it may run with it. Write down the revelation, write down the vision, make it plain so those that hear it can run with it. For the revelation waits in a point of time. It speaks of the end and it will not prove false, false though it linger, wait for it. Has anyone ever heard that? The scripture, uh, some of you have, some of you haven't, but a lot of people know, a lot of pastors know, a lot of churches. And what uh, the, the, the application I've always heard is this, and I've always said this. Okay, we need to hear what God says. We, with the, building the church, extending the kingdom is not about just what we want to do. We need to hear what God is saying, and we need to write it down so that we can run with it. If you get a prophetic word, write it down so you can run with it. Are you with me? That's what I've always preached. That's what I've always taught. Because we need to be not ones that are just doing what we want. We need to hear. I'm a prophet. It's all about hearing God. And God is showing me that you can hear and still self-interpret and get off and running in the wrong direction. Now let me give you the actual contents. Are you ready? In, In Habakkuk 1. The whole thing is God is talking to Habakkuk. He's a prophet and he's talking to him. And then Habakkuk is hearing what God is saying. And Habakkuk starts to talk back. You read in Habakkuk 1 and says, God, I know what you're saying, but come on, let me show you and tell you what it's like. It's not working out how you said. It's not how it looks. What you're saying, this is not happening. And he's having this conversation, hearing God clearly and saying, I don't get it because that's not how it is. And then we come to Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. And he says, okay, okay, I've heard what you're saying. Now, now, let me talk to you, God. He goes, I will stand. You can put it up now. Verse one of Habakkuk two. He says, I will stand at my watch and I will station myself on the rampart, talking about the watchtowers. And I will look to see what you will say to me. You mean you will listen to hear? No, I've been hearing you, God. I've heard what you said and it doesn't make sense because my reality, doesn't back it up. My circumstances, come on, my past theology, my past doctrine, my past experience, my past church, come on, come on, come on. I know what the Word says, but it's not happening. So God, I stop. God, I stop. I know what you said, and I'm struggling because it's not how it looks. So Lord, I know the breakthrough comes when I actually look to see what you will say. That's not, even, that's not even a natural, practical thing. You listen to hear what they will say. And in the body of Christ, we have talked always about 
Make sure you hear from God. And I'm here to tell you today, you better make sure you hear from God. But then that's step one. Then it's okay, God, I know what you said. Now I need to pause. God, I want to look to see what you will say to me and what answer will you give to my complaint. Why? Because he's saying, I've heard you, but it's not the way it looks. Come on, anyone. Talk to me. Talk to me. Come on. Because I, I know what you said about my anxiety and fear. I know what you said about my oppression. I know what you said about the physical pain in my body. I know what you said about my children. I know what you said about the future. I know what you said about the church. Come on. I know what you said, but I'm struggling, God, because I don't see. And so, God, I, I'm trying to see. But, Lord, can I step back and say, God, I, I, I actually need to look now. And I need to look to see what you will say. Lord, what will you, would you show me? I've heard your words, but now would you show me what that looks like? And then the Lord replied and said, now write down what I show you. The revelation is not writing down what God says. It is what God shows us about what God says. Write that down and make that plain. Come on. So those that read it can run with it, not because we know what God said, but we actually see what it looks like to God. He's in the future now. Ah, oh, I can see that. So I can run. There it speaks of the ends. Come on. Though it linger, because right now it doesn't look like that. Come on, church. It doesn't look like that. But God's giving me a picture of what it looks like. Come on. He's given a picture of the church, what it looks like a glorious bride without spot or wrinkle. Doesn't look like that now. It doesn't look like that now. God, I need to see the church as you see the church. And I want to head towards that God. I don't want to head towards my view of the church. I want to head towards what you see the church to be. Though it linger, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. And this is the whole essence of the prophetic and I'm about to close her. If I could have my wonderful friend on the keyboard, bet that would be glorious. But I want you to stay tuned in just for this moment. You are called to live a prophetic life. No, Steve, that's you, you're a prophet. No, you are called to live a prophetic life. If you're a believer, you're called to live a prophetic life. I mean, I'm talking even beyond the gift of prophecy, even though Paul said, follow the way of love and eagerly desire prophecy. He said, I want everyone to speak in tongues. He said, I speak in tongues more than everyone else. It's so good. And I want everyone to. But you know what? I want you to prophesy even more than that. That's everyone. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about living a prophetic life. What is a prophetic life? This is a prophetic life. Revelation 1.1, the revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. The essence of the prophetic is this. Seeing ahead of time what God sees now. When God has spoken through His Word, we are seen ahead of time. Huh. How He sees us before we see it naturally. But you need to understand God sees it now. God sees the church spotless, blameless. He sees it now because He's in the future now. And when we start to see it, how He sees it, you know what? We think we're stepping towards Him. 
stepping towards something and as we step towards it, we're creating it. No, He's already created. He's already called it. He's already seen it. And we're stepping towards what already exists in the spirit realm. And the same is true. The eyes of your heart may be enlightened so you may know the hope of your calling. The glorious riches of the inheritance for God's holy people is incomparably great power. God, I need to see that and then I step towards it. The fulfillment of a prophetic word in our life is not that it's not a reality and as we step, we make it a reality. It is that God is in the future now and says, let me show you what is to come. Revelation 1, let me show you what is to come. And now start to testify to what I've shown you because your life will follow your focus, your testimony. We testify in advance, but it all comes down to seeing what Father has said as Father wants us to see. Have I made sense today? Can you see the subtlety with the shift? Every eye closed in this place for a moment. I don't know why, but Father just told me, say no, tell them to open their eyes. So I'm going to tell you to open your eyes. I'm not here to, honestly, I'm not here to understand what God says before I obey. (laughs) And I feel naturally a bit funny saying, everyone shut your eyes. Then I'd say, okay, now open your eyes because God said open your eyes. But we're going to get past how we look. And I feel the Holy Spirit right now. I didn't feel it when he told me and I obeyed him when I didn't understand. But he said to me to tell them that how easy it was for you to shut your eyes and then open your eyes. Father wants to invite us in to step in towards that as spiritual people. That spiritually speaking, we can shut our eyes or we can open our eyes. Now it's only the Spirit of God that brings it, but He brings it to hungry people. You can't know God unless the Spirit of God reveals it. But He says, if you hunger, you thirst. You'll be filled. He says, if you seek me, you'll find me. Revelation comes to the seeker. Not the perfect. Some of you need to get past, I'm not good enough. You will never be good enough. God bless you. You'll never be good enough. That's very encouraging, Steve. Um, It is. You'll never be good enough. You'll never be good enough. Part of my journey to freedom is, I'll never be perfect. But God is always perfect and He lives in me. And it's no longer I that live, but, oh, Christ lives in me. We need to see what God is saying. His Father wants us to see. I wonder if we pray. Father, I pray in this place that you give us ears to hear. Lord, we're not diminishing hearing from you. God forbid, God forbid, God forbid. Lord, we need to hear. And we need to read the word and see what the words say. But God, then we do not want to self-interpret any longer. God, we want to thank you. I thank you right now for the example of Greg, for the example of Danny. Lord, for the example of this eldership that are following, that flowing down from Greg. Lord, I want to right now say thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I said to my wife, this is in the places I go, that, man, 
I, I, I come away desiring God more from conversations that I have when I sit down and Greg and I have lunch tomorrow. He, he, he makes me want to seek God more. By their fruit, you shall know them. It's not too radical. Man, it's a reasonable sacrifice. And God, I thank you and I affirm this man in the name of Jesus and I just cry out for greater revelation. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, open his eyes, open his eyes to a greater level. Open his eyes, open his eyes to a greater level. Open his eyes to a greater level, I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I'm going to follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit right now. Greg, you've got the microphone. You need to stand up now. I'm going to take it back from you in a moment, but you need to, everyone just praying right now, right now receiving. No, with the microphone, Greg, you're going to pray right now for these people, your, your family, and you're going to release uh, the, just the, the, the Holy Spirit to start to bring revelation over these people as they start to seek God that they're going to bring revelation. I, I was going to do that because I said, no, get the, get, get the Father of the house to do that. So I want you to do that. Thank you, Father. If you're ready to receive it, I want you to really receive this as Greg prays. Father, we thank you that it is your desire to open the eyes of our hearts to see you as you truly are. I thank you, Lord, that you have removed every boundary, every wall, everything that would limit that. And you wait. And Father, you wait and you're patient with us. And I thank you, God, you are so patient. So, Father, right now, through the power, through the one that was sent to open the eyes of the blind, Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. open the the ears that are deaf, will we ask you that you would open the eyes of our hearts to see what is contained, what has been freely given to us by you, to have your mind and to live from your mind because you are imparting into us mana from above the sun. So right now, God, we petition before you. We stand before you. Our hearts are postured before you to receive what you want to reveal in us, God, now in Jesus' name. So Father, reveal the Son in us to the measure we're asking and to the what it is you want revealed from the Son in Jesus' name. Thank you now and i thank you god we can rest in this we don't strive for this but we rest in it and we rest in you and we cease from striving of our own works and enter into the rest the sabbath rest thank you father of you father so receive my brothers and sisters receive thank you father receive him It's Him. We say we already have received more of Him. Everything on earth and everything on heaven, the Bible says, is summed up in two words, Jesus Christ. And that every wisdom and every knowledge of treasure is contained in the mystery. And the mystery is two words, Jesus Christ. May we not be led astray in our minds from the simplicity and the purity of the devotion to two words, Jesus Christ. For I do not want anyone to come and bewitch you and to lead you into something that is not of me, another gospel. For the gospel is found on the revelation of two words, Jesus Christ. So Father, we stand on the foundation 
Jesus Christ today. And we receive from Jesus today. And I also pray, God, from this moment on, we would thirst and hunger. And we would be in training for righteousness. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Some of you this morning get this. Some of you might be struggling with this. Both, it's okay. But don't allow your struggle to make you step back. But make you step forward. That from a posture of, I don't. It's almost like the man when Jesus says, do you believe? He goes, I believe, but would you help my unbelief? Jesus didn't say, go back and come back. Come back to me when you get your faith sorted out. He met him there. But there's still humility. I, I do believe, but I'm struggling with the way this all looks. By their fruit, you shall know them. By their fruit, not by their gifts. By their fruit. And I pray you'll receive it from me as one who travels around the body of Christ, around the world. Do not look down on, talk down on the gift of God that you have here in your senior leaders. I really want you to say, Father, would you help me to see it because I'm struggling. God, I need to see it. I believe God will touch you. Just before I hand back to Greg, I wonder if you put that last slide up. I, I just believe it in you. One of the things Father has asked me to do is... Uh, is there one more after that believing in you maybe maybe not but I can just tell you about it Uh, father asked me to write a daily devotion he didn't say write a daily devotion he said feed people every day for the rest of your life and that was in June 24 2008 and so on 1st of July I started and he said do not make this a structured I'm going to teach you on this I'm going to teach you on that Make this an overflow of your time with me. And he said, in a world of many negative, critical voices, be a positive voice in people's day. He said, every day is a journey with God, discovering how much he believes in us. So he said, call it believing in you. And this is what God, to us, believing in you. I believe in you. You know, sometimes we just want someone to believe in us. God says, I I believe in you. And so I started that. I've been right as been out every day since and if you want to go back and have a look at some of them it's all there online I'm coming up to 10 years now and I I tell you right now it it just does me good and you can get that there you go you take a picture of that or just write it down believeinyou.com.au you can get it by email Facebook, Twitter Uh, this is not about me getting anything this is free if you want it we'll come in every morning for the rest of my life something that is out the overflow of my journey with God that you'll get up and I just felt prompted to read today's one just to give you an idea of what you'll get and the title is you know how you said go back to the song put the song up and you said divine about grace today's believe, believe in you is grace reflects and this is what it said to give you an idea of what you'll get good morning people who become the mirror image of God 
Revelation 1.4. John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits before his throne. Grace is a divine influence on the heart and its reflection in life, including gratitude. When we truly have an encounter with God himself, when we taste and see that the Lord is good, when our focus is on his kindness, goodness, and love, I am convinced that this will reflect in our lives. A reflection is not the thing that it looks like. It is not the main thing. I love this definition of a reflection, a thing that is a consequence of or arises from something else. We are the consequence of God's love. We arise from God's love. When we encounter Him, we are empowered to become like Him. He is the main part. We are merely a reflection of His life in us. Although no person can be saved outside of grace, like the apostles' constant encouragement and prayer to those who are already believers, I pray that we will all have continual encounters with God's grace and peace. This is what changes lives. That's today's believing in you. How many people think something like that would do you good in the morning? And it's just an overflow. Whatever Father's downloading me, and you can get that. So I encourage you um, um, to believeinyou.com.au. God bless you guys. Um, looking forward to tonight for those that can make it. If you weren't planning on making it, change your plans if you can. Come along and let's lean in further. And I look forward to seeing you again in August with my wonderful, beautiful wife, Sally. God bless you. God bless you. And God bless Danny and Greg. And thanks for the journey.